We talk about the Forex regime in Ethiopia, the Egyptian pound hitting new record lows and Twitter's paid-for verification feature being rolled out. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. Ethiopia recently ordered banks to deny foreign currency to businesses importing non-priority goods in an effort to shore up dwindling forex reserves in one of Africa's major economies. The move effectively freezes out the import of dozens of items such as alcohol and cars as businesses must register with banks to obtain the foreign currency needed to bring goods into the country. Zemedene Negatu, the chairman of the Fairfax Africa Fund, returns to the podcast to shed more light on Ethiopia's forex regime. So with regards to forex, uh, there's a lot of uh, thinking about how to manage uh, the forex uh, regime in in Ethiopia, uh, the rules and the regulations. I mentioned to you briefly in, in my earlier note that the government is looking to liberalize the foreign, the foreign exchange processes. Currently, we have a managed currency where the central bank essentially sets the exchange rates. But in the, ne- in the near future, uh, this is what I'm discussing with you is actually published, discussed, and, and, and the government has been making the reform. So in the next... In the next 18 months to maybe 24 months, the exchange would be market-driven, okay? And then down the road, it's not inconceivable to think of the exchange rate being, in the, ne- in the, near, in the near future, the exchange rate will be market-driven. And I would expect uh, further down the road, I, I think the exchange uh, rate the, the currency will be free floating. Uh, it, it's a little bit down the road, so you have to think of it in a staged manner, uh, liberalizing it, market driven, down the road, free floating, like in many other countries. Okay, so when we talk about the, what you mentioned that foreign banks coming in and the government, uh, you know, with the forex challenges that face today, I actually think. The forex challenges, the shortages that Ethiopia is facing today is not going to be, as the Minister of Finance or the State Minister of Finance once said, it will not be a permanent feature of the Ethiopian economy. Okay? It's probably a transient thing. And the reason I say that is when we talked earlier about where the economy is going, when you look at the manufacturing sector, the agriculture, the natural resource space, for example, recently Ethiopia discovered or at least confirmed that it has something like 7 or 8 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, which it's going to start exploiting. Okay, So you can see that in the next few years, hopefully, if not an equilibrium, but at least a, a balanced import-export scenario in Ethiopia, which reduces the pressure on the foreign exchange reserves of the country. It, it is doable. It may take time. It will require a lot of effort, but I think it's, it's doable. So. What you see today, the foreign exchange shortages and the pressure you see is partly is, is a combination of factors, which, you know, the, the conflict in the north, which is now being you know, resolved through the peace treaty. Uh, as you know, uh, the IMF, the World Bank, for the last two years since the conflict started, 
had not been funding Ethiopia to the extent that it is eligible to do so. We would expect several billion dollars to be released from the IMF, from the World Bank. So Forex will come from that, but also increase in FDI, increase in export, increase in diaspora remittance, which is prob- at the moment actually the single largest source of foreign exchange in Ethiopia is diaspora remittance, which is around four and a half to five billion dollars. You can see in the future that number actually increasing significantly with some tweaks in the policies on how these things would be remitted to this country. So, um, as I said, it would not be a permanent feature. Forex shortages would not be a permanent feature of the Ethiopian economy. And that, I think, we can reasonably state it may just take a little bit more time to get there. So, when the banks come into Ethiopia, first of all, they'll all be governed by the same rules. There won't be two sets of rules, one for the domestic bank, one for the banks. I was actually on a, in a television interview a couple of days ago, and I, mentioned, I stated the same thing. They were asking me, would the foreign banks have a special type of rules? No, you can't have two sets of laws or regulations in the same country. So they will be governed by the same rules. But some of the uh, some of the restrictions or some of the policies that are in place today, I can see them being reversed because there's temporary rules. For example, uh, the government at the moment has stated that when you bring in Forex into the country, whether you're an exporter or other sources, 70% will have to be converted into local currency, the bir. Well, I can see this going back to the policy we had in place, uh, say, 18 months ago, when it was the other way around. When things normalize, macroeconomic stability uh, happens, we can see that reverting to not just the 70-30, maybe even the 80-20 we used to have a couple, three years ago. So what you're seeing today you know, is a microscopic snapshot, which uh, was partly... The pressure that was being put on Ethiopia from from abroad, uh, partly due to the the conflict, uh, and some of it is really external pressure because of the significant increase in oil prices and fertilizer prices due to the Russian Ukraine war. When you when these things start sort of running off their course, I can see Ethiopia and the banking sector, which is what we were talking about. Going back to this normalcy where, you know, the, the, both the foreign and the domestic banks operate on a normal operating environment. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The Egyptian pound depreciated further to touch a new record low of 24.7 against the US dollar ahead of a crucial International Monetary Fund board meeting on December 16th for the final approval of a request loan program. After months of negotiations, Egypt reached a new agreement with the Washington-based lender on October 27th to borrow $3 billion of a 46-month period aiming to tackle the inflation problem and restructure its ailing economy. The terms of the preliminary agreement saw Egypt's government introduce a series of intermediate economic reforms including a hike in its key interest rates and a shift to its a flexible exchange rate causing the currency to depreciate sharply and foreign reserves to fall further. The Egyptian economy has been struggling over the past years due to political turmoil as well as ramifications of the COVID-19 pandemic and the fallout from Russia's war on Ukraine. In Kenya, the government is planning to offer subsidy programs via e-vouchers in an effort to weed out middlemen in the fertilizer business. Over the years, influential operatives have managed to infiltrate the supply chain value and frustrate the subsidy program, leaving smallholder farmers at the pain of accessing the product at a higher cost. The government had in 2020 rolled out the e-voucher program in a pilot phase, but it was only 
directed at small-scale farmers in select counties who receive money through their mobile phones to purchase farm inputs from approved agrovets. President William Ruto, in his first Jamhuri Day celebration, said that the e-vouchers will tame misappropriation of funds caused by middlemen and brokers. This is among a raft of measures that the government is racing to implement in its digitization journey. Twitter's paid-for-verification feature is rolling out again today. It is the first it was posed last month after being swamped by impersonators. It is still $8 per month, but there is now an increased fee of $11 for those using Twitter apps on Apple devices. Twitter's owner, Elon Musk, had previously said in tweets that he resents the commission fee Apple charges on in-app purchases. Twitter Blue's additional features include an edit button. This has been a feature long requested by many Twitter users, although there are others who argue that it increases the potential for the spread of disinformation if a tweet is altered after being widely shared. Blue Tech subscribers will also see fewer ads, have their tweets amplified above others, and will be able to post and view longer the quality videos, says the platform. And a quick look at the market. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange All Share Index was little changed around 74,520 on Monday as investors worldwide braced for several interest rate decisions this week, including the US Federal Reserve, while rising COVID-19 infections in China tempered optimism around the country's economy. Domestically, ANC's elective conference kicks off on Friday, where President Cyril Maposa will try to remain in power. On the corporate front, resource-linked stocks rather were leading. The losses nearly down 1%, while financials and industrials advanced slightly. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adon. 